Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and chill. I've got four players in my mind that are going to take steps to being foundational players and having bigger roles and and more responsibility in the 2020 uh, season. Um, Doing this podcast, there's something that came out of this that I would have never expected is to really dig in through draft class and see who drafted with who and who has been, um, who's been drafted together in what position they've been drafted. Uh, Cause you don't really think about, you know, you don't really think about, Oh, he's a six round pick and all that stuff. But like going through and looking at all the contributors that have been happening. Uh, so like 2018 draft class was Calvin Ridley, Isaiah Oliver, Deidre Sonat, Edo Smith, Russell Gage, and Foyer Lewican. The only miss in that draft is Dietrich's not the third round pick out of Baylor. Um, this is not a draft class review or anything, but I just wanted this to tell y'all that um, through these this research and just digging through numbers and putting shows together, I've come to realize that you know Thomas Dimitrov here lately has been uh, redeeming himself in my eyes because I have been a Thomas Dimitrov hater. For a while, you know, I was calling for the axe to come down, just clean house, just clean everybody. And I thought it was strange to how he survived the Mike Smith era. Um, They've fired everybody except for the general manager, which doesn't generally happen. So uh, maybe he's cool with Arthur Blank. I don't know. But like what he's been putting out here lately, um, it's been working. Um, So anyway. So the four, the four breakout players is what we're going to call them in the 2020 draft class. I picked two offense and two defense. So the first one for the offense is what, not what you think. It's not Todd Gurley. It's Chris Lindstrom. Uh, number 14 overall pick in the um, 2019 draft. And... He had an unfortunate rookie season. He had a great camp. He had a foot injury in week one. And he was out until week 14, which is ridiculous. But when he jumped back into play, he started five games. He played and started five games at right guard. It's a really solidified right guard. Um, Had a PFF grade of 66 just pro football focus. A lot of people don't like that, but it gives you a pretty generalized numerical value of, I don't know, kind of puts everybody on the same plane. Anyway, um, the games are totally different when he was in there because he's big and he's nasty and he knows what he's doing for Boston College. They have a lot of, uh, they have a pedigree of uh, a lot of good offensive linemen coming through there. Um, (laughs) And then Matty Ice, Boston College, Boston College connection there. Um, I don't know if it's legit or not, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, and but so <laughs> check this stat out: that the games that 
Chris Lindstrom returned in, which is week 15 through 17. The Falcons um, averaged 104 yards per game rushing. And that and without him, the previous weeks, 81 yards per game, which is 31st in the league. I mean, that's a pretty huge – now, a lot of factors probably changed. Uh, maybe they're on this upswing or whatever, but um, I see Chris Lindstrom having a monster year and really solidifying um, that right side. And once he's having a monster year, you know who else is going to be eating. Todd Gurley third, baby, TZ3. Um, he's wearing number 21 now. The That video came out wearing all black with a face shield, wearing 21, looking so fly, just ready to get after it. Um, I think he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to do good. But the linchpin of him doing well is going to be that offensive lineman because he Kai Gurley can't run it and block him too. So Chris Lindstrom having a huge year in my mind. Um, it's going to help the Falcons a lot, and I really think that it's it's going to help uh, not only just obviously just Chris Lindstrom, his responsibility, but everybody around him is going to be better, and uh, it's just going to be all together um, better. So um, that's my first <clears throat> my my first breakout player. There was a couple other breakout players I could have chose. Obviously, Todd Gurley. Um, Maybe even Calvin Ridley, because I think he's yet to really blossom into what he's going to be. But I chose a new face. And this um, Hayden Hurst, Red Thor. Um, I think that he has an opportunity to not only meet Austin Hooper's production, but... um, bypass and excel beyond it to in- increase the production. Um, he was drafted in 2018's first-round pick. There's another first-rounder we keep talking about. They just keep adding first-rounders. They should, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see how there's another one. DJ Khaled. They should, hire, they should get a song. It's like, DJ Khaled. And then whenever the Falcons pick up another first-round pick, he says, and another one. Anyway, um, he was drafted in 2018, first round pick, 25th overall out of South Carolina. And he's, here's the crazy part. Well, I didn't even realize this. Like I said, doing show notes and doing research uh, puts things in a different perspective than you normally just go through as being a Falcons fan. I'm just a, I'm just a fan. I'm just doing all this from the internet. And so I've just been digging in. And it's been crazy to see. Like He's still on his rookie deer. Wow. He's still on his rookie deal, y'all. He is on the books till 2021, and there's an option for 2022 if they pick up his fifth-year option, which is super team-friendly. Um, so I see him as having a massive year. He's young, got a lot of play left in him. He played um, He played now durability-wise. He played all 16 games last year. Uh, he was a starter for four of those. He had some, a lot like Darquez, um, he was buried in the depth chart because he got drafted to be build chemistry with Lamar Jackson, and they had some chemistry, but then Hayden Hurst got hurt, and then this other cat 
joined the, the, the party. And uh, he got buried in the depth chart because of that. So um, they, it was smart for the Ravens to to trade him and get an asset for him. I think they got a second-round pick for him, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he started four, four, <clears throat> four games, and he produced 349 yards, 30 receptions, and two touchdowns. Now, Austin Hooper, if we're, we're comparing him, we're comparing the apps to apps here. Uh, Austin Hooper had 787 yards, 35 receptions, and six touchdowns. And I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think that if if Hayden Hurst gives you close to that, talking like seven, 600 yards, 70 receptions, and five touchdowns, you know, like if we're getting into the ballpark there, it's going to be – that's going to be worth it. And here's why that it doesn't show up on the stat sheet or whatever. If it doesn't show up. Unless you watch the film, Austin Hooper did not stay on the field for running downs typically, unless they're running packages. You know, Hayden Hurst has the ability to stay on the field because he's such a good blocker, and that's going to bode well for him. So uh, Matt Ryan can audible out and still have a weapon on the field. You know, first target obviously going to be Julio. Second target's obviously going to be um, Calvin Ridley. The third one is not obvious. The third one may is, may could be Hayden Hurst, or the third one may be Todd Gurley. Uh, we got also you got Russell Gage fighting for a third spot of the third option, and then um, Laquan Treadwell. But in my mind, it's got to be Julio, Calvin, and Hayden Hurst, man. And so that's going to be in. In Matt Ryan has always done good with a blanket, a security blanket of a big. Physical tight end is not is willing to work with him. Austin Hooper slept on his couch to get better with him because Austin Hooper had some the dumbest interceptions. I mean, drops and whatever else. I mean, we're talking like slip through the hands, hit your chest pad, pop in the air. That's a that's a pick. So like I've seen some idiotic things out of Austin Hooper. It's and kudos to him, man. And I hope he has a great career. But like him going through and being a late round draft pick and learning and being professional and really listening to Matt Ryan and being developed by Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, turn him into a pro bowler, a two-time pro bowler, turn him into a, a very high paid tight end. And so I think the Matt Ryan effect will happen again with Hayden Hurst. Um, I think uh, Hayden Hurst is talented. It's faster than Austin Hooper. He's got, I think, better um, range than Austin Hooper, and he's a better blocker than Austin Hooper. So look for Hayden Hurst to explode onto the scene and get um, a lot of targets. And so I'm really excited about that um, because of the versatility. I keep going back to that, just staying on the field for certain downs and distances, third down, that kind of thing. All right, so then... So those are the, so the first two is Chris Lindstrom. Obviously, um, he's only in second year, and Hayden Hurst is really young too. So these are two young guys on the offense. And so I think just overall, as my outlook on the offense, I think they're going to be an offensive-driven team as well. Still, uh, I think Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball a ton. 
but I think they're going to... Dan Quinn always talks about balance, and it makes me nervous because uh, he's been talking about balance for three years now, and they've yet to be balanced. So um, hopefully this Todd Gurley and this offensive line can piecemeal it together and figure out some figure out that black holes and left guard to really um, solidify this offense. And I look, I look for as an overall like overview. I see, I see that the Falcons being uh, top 10 in offensive production, uh, touchdowns, yards per game. And that kind of thing. I think they've got a good enough squad to be top 10. So, um, that's, you know, I'm really high on the, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm giddy. I, I always am. And what's okay. I'm, you know, the keeper of the Kool-Aid. So, um, so the first two were the offensive players and the second two. Um, unfortunately, this young man got put onto the injured reserved or COVID-19 injured reserve list this morning. And so um, here and six other players have been added to the COVID-19 injured reserve, but it's Foyer Aluakin. Foyer Aluakin is a six-round pick in 2018. Go back to that 2018 draft class. You got Calvin Ridley, Isaiah Oliver, Deidre Sinat, no thanks. Edo Smith still contributing. Russell Gage still fighting. And Foyer Aluakin, the, the second six-round pick. The second six-round pick is now your starting uh Will linebacker, weak side linebacker. He's gonna take Devondre Campbell's role. He's already, he's a tackling machine already. So he's gonna he's in uh the year Dion was hurt. Devondre slid over and played a lot of Mike and then Oluokun played. I think really what happened was Oluokun played a lot of Mike and Devondre Campbell played the Will, but Devondre Campbell was calling plays. So I think that's technically what happened. But the year Deion Jones went out and it kind of all fell apart, Alouakin saw the field a lot. And that really helped him. Last year, he was a tackling machine. Um, and then this year, he'll step right into the role. Uh, Devondre Campbell, I think, led the league and led the team in tackles the last two years because of injuries and, well, him just being all over the place. So I, I see Alouakin seeing a lot of run that way. Crazy, awesome special team player. Um, fast and physical. Oh, man, I did not expect to uh, say that in a sentence. Uh, I, I stay away from the, uh, the sayings. <sighs> that was just, that was a natural. Anyway, I think back of that. Um, one of my favorite plays um, from him was against the Saints, and he recovered two offside kicks, two offside kicks from them, uh, like in succession, which was incredible. And they ended up still losing that game, I think, Falcons. Um, so, yeah, um, just a little bit about Foyer. Uh, he's from Yale, uh, went to college at Yale, ran a 4 4 8 college. Um, Sixth round pick, like we said earlier in 2018. So this is only his uh, going into his third year now, and uh, he was a former safety coming out of Yale. In Yale, they had him listed as a safety. Dan Quinn 
doing the versatility thing. Basically, all of the linebackers really just in body type other than Devondre Campbell have been, you know, that hybrid safety linebacker look to them. So they're tall enough and big enough to run and, you know, bring down whoever they need to bring down. So it's kind of like the NFL is in the modern day NFL it's like basketball going to like positionless basketball with like the Rockets not really having a center. I think Dan Quinn is building or has been building a positionless defensive group for the linebackers like Keanu Neal in street clothes and 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 Deion Jones in street clothes look very similar to each other. But that's completely different than the teams in the 2000s or whatever. It's like what the safeties look like versus what the giant linebackers look like. Like think of like Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher versus, I don't know, Ed Reed. So anyway, I don't know how we got there, but uh, I look at Foyer Lewis and having an awesome year, a, uh, a, a strong year and the defense to be improved with a lot of new faces, which means there could be a lot of, time needed to coordinate. I think there's still going to be some sloppy play when all of this does take the field. I think it's because of, because of no training, because of no training camp, because of no really, I mean, there's going to be OTAs, but it's going to be all jumbled. It's not going to be the same as it's, it's done every year. So that could affect the young guys, not knowing what to expect. Um, and it could affect the old guys to breaking routines. We don't, um, we don't we don't know so i think um when they do finally lace up the cleats and step between the numbers foyer is going to have a great year and um and we'll do like an overall like overview of my take on the defense after the uh the second pick and here's the second pick uh, for a breakout season, the first one was Foyega Lucan on the defensive side. The second one on the defensive side is a player that I am not fond of. It's a, uh, a player that disappoints me and has disappointed me a while, which is a, probably a pretty big list of Falcons players, if we're just being real with each other. But it's Tack McKinley, Takarist McKinley, 2017 draft. Uh, first rounder, number 19. Uh, he played in uh, last year, he played in thir- 13 games. He recorded three and a half sacks. I remember when he came out, you know, he carried his picture of his grandmother up to the podium. Yeah, he yelled. He was very excited that he made it and uh, that he, in he the media, told the media that he guarantees that he will get double sacks. And I don't think he's yet to come near. I don't think he's... Last year, he definitely didn't come near 10 digit sacks. He had three and a half. So, um, that's not good. Three quarterback hits, and, um, and oh, not three quarterback hits. Excuse me. 13 quarterback hits. All right, so this is something that's going to come from watching film and not watching stats unless you're looking at pressure rate. But Tack McKinley is always a second behind. He's always grabbing the quarterback a second late. He's always just missing it, just missing it. Always a hair late. Always just just missed his window of of getting a sack. So 
what's going to change this year is Dante Fowler. I think Dante Fowler is going to apply more pressure than Vic Beasley um, applied. And I think um, Marlon Davidson is going to apply more pressure than previous defensive tackles in his position applied. So, therefore, Tack, could, the quarterback could stand up for a little more. Also on the back end, you're going to have a lot of depth in the back end. I'm not going to go through all the names again because we could because I go through the names all the time in my head. I know the defense backward and forward, and I probably could sit down right now with a piece of paper and a pen and write down the 53-man roster. Um, Mostly. So um, the back end is going to get better. His, 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 His counterpart in the defense is going to be better. Uh... Dante Fowler. And so this all opens the door. So like with, along with uh, like all of these guys are getting affected. The ones, the breakout players I've, I've selected are being affected by other, other positions getting better or changing or improving. So um, tack is no difference. He's always a second late. We've already covered that. And then, um, and maybe he even switches sides. I know he switched from left side to right side, and maybe Dante Fowler has preference. But I just hope that um, he that's it's all is that this is the only one that I've said I hope he gets better because these other three I'm pretty solid. That this is, I mean I've seen it coming, and I I feel good about my prediction of like yes. Chris Bishop's going to have a great year. Yes, Hayden Hurst's going to have a great year. Hayden Hurst's going to have a great year. Yes, Foye Lewikin's going to have even more of a good year. In fact, Tack is the one that I'm like, I hope he has a good year. But I see it. I see it. All the pieces line up. And another piece that lines up is um, two things. Number one, his fifth-year option didn't get picked up. Radio silence. So, like, with Vic Beasley, which is a strange deal, that they picked up his fifth-year option and did not re-sign him. If they were going to do that, they should have either traded him or, you know, cut him to not – I mean, you could have saved yourself, like, $12.8 million, whatever. I can't remember what it was, but, it, you know, it was a decent amount of – it would have given you a little more wiggle room in the um, – in the free agent department. Anyway, so it's a contract year for him, basically. This is last year of his deal. If he balls out, he can come back to the Falcons on a much bigger, higher price tag. Uh, or that he could ball out this year and, you know, lead the league in sacks with a 22 and a half, set the record, and whoever else wants to back the Brinks truck up to him. And the Jets might unload their entire whatever on him, who knows, but for him and his agent and his money and his people, he needs to get on it this year. That way he can put out good film and saying, Hey, give me lots of money. And then which works well with the Falcons. And then, um, the, the last thing that should contribute to him having a better year than last year or having an impact year or having, um, a breakout year is he's going to be healthy, I think, this year for the first time in a while. Um, we haven't heard I mean, too much on the injury front. A lot of COVID-19 stuff going on right now. But um, 
Tack had surgery pretty pretty early in the off season. He had I think surgery on his shoulder. So if he can be back from that, be healthy. Um, his contract year, his opposition is better. The back end is better. Uh, all these factors point to him having a good year and having an impact year. And once he gets on, once he starts getting sacks, he can start commanding doubles from the defense, and therefore others can start eating. So there's a lot of accountability that goes along with this defense. They they could be playing some. I've read some stuff. They could be playing a lot of more a lot more man this year because they've got depth at corner. That's to be seen. I don't know. I don't obviously. I'm not into the defensive coordinator's room, but um, this Falcons defense is going to be much improved. I think I look to see them. I don't. I don't know. If top ten is is necessarily um, realistic. Or where I'm going with it, but I'm thinking 12, top 12. That's a strange way of saying it, top 12. But I mean, before 15, unless you know, between 10, between 10 and 15 is where I see the Falcons' uh, overall defense, especially if they can create takeaways with some talent in the back end. Um, so I really uh, am looking forward to this season and seeing how all these brand I I've talked about this agnosium and I've talked about this tons, but all these brand new faces have to, well, see each other face to face and know where each other is going to be. So my, um, my, my four breakout players this year are Chris Lynchum, offensive guard, Hayden Hurst, tight end, Foye Lukin, linebacker, and Tack McKinley, uh, defensive end. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe and download. Um, our next episode is going to be um, the Forgotten Falcons. We're going to highlight some Forgotten Falcons, some some minor names that true Falcons fans would be like, oh, man, I remember that guy. He was so good. And he, he may have been a flash in the pan, or he might have been here for 100 years. So tune in next time as we – go through my list of uh, my favorite uh, Forgotten Falcons. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions, if you have any show suggestions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. And uh, thank you for listening again. And until next time, rise up.